from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And hello, friends, and welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, joined in studio today by Jennifer Bridwell. She is the Gwinnett Market President for Georgia Banking Company. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Amanda. My pleasure. Now, I've been seeing you out and about here as of late, and yesterday you participated in something that was really fun and exciting, and I want you to tell our listeners about that. But before we get into the fun stuff, Jennifer, just share briefly what you do in the banking community here in Gwinnett. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm the Gwinnett Market President for Georgia Banking Company. Um, my office is located right here across from your office, um, Gas South District. So we're located at 6340 uh, Sugarloaf Parkway. And um, my role as Gwinnett Market President is really to go out and cultivate new relationships in the Gwinnett Market um, to let everybody know who we are and to um, go out and find those customers that knew us way back when. And you'll hear about that story um, in just a bit. But it's really to go out and just let people know that we are that community bank that still offers that personal customer service, but we also offer all the products and services that a large bank would, would to them as well. Excellent. And you're a seasoned vet in the banking world. I'm reading here um, from your bio that you are, you've been in the industry for 27 years. I, I started when I was 10. Can you believe it? <laughs> I absolutely can. Child labor laws weren't strictly enforced back in that time. Um, tell me a little bit about what that journey is like, because that's, you know, a large portion of your life that it, you've committed to this specific industry. And I can only imagine that you've uh, experienced some ebbs and flows. Yes, it is. So, um, I love telling my story. I, I t tell people I can tell it in my sleep, and the people that work closely with me could probably tell it as well because they've heard it many times. But I started with Brand Bank um, in 1996, and I am giving my, my age away here, but um, I was six months shy of graduating from college, Georgia State University. Um, I was an English major. My minor was business communications. And I just needed a part-time gig. I had absolutely no thought that I was going to become a banker. Um, so I joined our Snellville location for Brand Bank, and I was a part-time teller. And um, I graduated in June, and I was engaged, got married in October. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to hang on just a few more months. This is comfortable. You know, I've got a lot of life changes. And one thing led to another. Um, and I realized that the culture that Brand Bank offered, um, it really became a family. Um, the educational opportunities that they provided to me, there really wasn't a reason to leave. And I actually um, did get an offer with a company inside the perimeter um, for a technical writing position, which is what I thought I was going to go into. And I ended up um, actually passing on that and staying in banking. So I went from part-time teller and it kind of worked in all the different um, areas of banking, including customer service, the loan department, the credit department. Um, and I worked really closely for a long time with Bartow Morgan, who was our CEO. 
um, the Morgan family is the one that founded and owned Brand Bank, and the bank um, was founded in uh, 1905. Wow. So, yeah, it was a long time ago. And um, Bartow really turned into a mentor for me. Uh, we're the same age, but he is miles ahead of me, years ahead of me in terms of his knowledge. And any time we spent together, I just listened to everything he had to say. Um, I'll never forget the time that we went to lunch together and he turned over a cocktail napkin and drew out on on the napkin um, the the steps in developing a subdivision. You know, the underground, um, the detention pond, the pipes, the, you know, step by step. So it was things like that that he really just took me in and, and taught me. And at, at some point I just decided, you know what? I'm doing a lot of this work that a loan officer would do. I'm ready to go through our training program, and I want to be a lender myself. So I went through the program the bank offered, and one thing led to another, and um, I became a loan officer and loved ex everything that I did. In 2018, um, the bank, what, we were acquired by Renaissance. So at that time, um, about a year later, Bartow, he parted ways, and... I was with Renaissance, and you know it was it was a great place. But in two thousand May of uh, two thousand twenty one, Barto called me and said, "Hey, I have bought uh, with an investor group. I have bought Georgia Banking Company, and I would really like for you to come on board. And I would like for you to come on board as the Gwinnett, Gwinnett Market President." Um, and I wasn't looking for anything at that time, but Barto being my mentor. Knowing as a female, these roles don't come out just all the often, time, yeah. often. Um, I was very excited. So what he did, he um, made opportunities for some of our more seasoned brand bank um, employees. And we came over and hit the ground running, and it has just been so fun ever since. So um, we are all here today with GBC to go out and tell people, hey, we're your old brand bank people that you you know love and remember. We have a different name now, um, but we're here to service you in our community. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Barto. Sounds like I know. It's I've pretty. Not, I've not met him. I look forward to yeah. uh, meeting the gentleman who had such an impact in your world. He really did. Talking about mentorship, um, Jennifer, sounds like he really poured into you and you were kind of able to grab a hold of that and, you know, propel yourself forward. Talk about the importance of reaching back and doing that now that you are um, at a pinnacle point in your career, seeing young women or just other young people in the industry who are trying to navigate their path. Yes. That's so important to me, and it's it's become more important um, in the last year. So in the past, um, especially you know as I was younger, of course I always wanted to be number one. I wanted to be our top performer, um, and I was very proud to say that I was at times. But this last year, I've really taken a step back and looked at things, and I've looked at the ladies um, throughout my career who have really helped me to get to where I am. And there are several, um, one of which, her name was Shirley Wiley, and she passed in 2018, mm -hmm. but she was a commercial um, loan officer, uh, construction, residential construction, and she taught me a lot in the construction world. So she was a female that was seasoned, and she kind of took me under her wing and taught me you know, how, to, how to do things. 
whether it was um, for loans or whether it was just for as a female in a business you know environment. Yeah. So this last year, I've really looked at the ladies that I work with and what's most important for me is to make sure that the ladies in my team can grow. Um, I want them to have every opportunity that I had and not only the ones on my team, but all the ladies in my bank. Um, it's important to me that they take every educational um, opportunity they have and they, they run with it. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people, no one knows what you don't know if you don't tell them. So act like you know it all, <laughs> figure it out. You may have to come back later with the answer, but as long as you're confident and as long as you've got people that are cheering you on and motivating you, um, I think that you know it, it's good for the women in our bank. But as you had asked, why is that important to me? It's important to me because I know I probably would not be where I am today without some of these ladies. And so I want some of the people that work with me to know that, hey, Jennifer's behind me. Jennifer's going to help get my name out there. She's going to teach me if I don't know something. So um, that's very important to me to support other women. I love that. Uh, and hence, we're on the Powerhouse Women series. That's right. So women supporting other women. Taking opportunities. Interesting, Jennifer. Share with our listeners an opportunity that you took that led to an unexpected outcome. So it could I, be career or personal. Yeah. So I would say, actually, um, and I know I keep talking about this, but taking on this new role as Gwinnett Market President, I came into this position thinking that it was just going to be an extension of what I was already doing. Um, I mainly was a commercial real estate loan officer, and I thought that I would come over and be doing that in Gwinnett. Well, we have an amazing commercial real estate department um, already at GBC, and so um, I'm able to help my my contacts, but that wasn't necessarily needed as much as it was in my my previous life. So I took this opportunity to really kind of reinvent myself and see where I could be best used in our organization. And I feel that that is what you just mentioned, is being a mentor to others, um, helping others that are maybe starting out in their career to see how they can move up. And you don't, everybody doesn't have to want to become president of the bank. You know, we need all types of employees. We need the employees that want to run our retail branches and be there face-to-face. -face. And we need our IT specialist. Mm -hmm. But we also, it's great to have the people that want to do more and learn more because eventually, you know, I hate to say it, we're all getting older. The younger generation, they're going to become the leaders Next. of the bank. Right. So it's best to um, train them. So I would say taking this opportunity and, really reinventing myself and, and the role I have. I have found a new passion and that is leading people. And um, so I, I'm glad I, it was uncomfortable at first. I wasn't used to it, but I'm glad I, I went out on that ledge and it's led to really good things. Well, you know, all growth occurs outside of the comfort zone. Yes, it does. So cheers to you for pressing you. forward. Thank you. I want to rewind just a little bit, and you talked about reinventing yourself, and I'm going to ask you a question for me personally. Mm -hmm. I'm 37 years old, and uh, having done something similar for the past 10 years, 
What does it look like if you are at a point where, you know, maybe the momentum isn't there, you, you know, something has to happen, you've hit, you've hit a void. Mm -hmm. Talk about reinventing yourself and, and having to take a step back in order to take a step forward. Do you press through that wall? Do you accept? I don't want to use the word defeat, but do you take a back position and then just kind of like share with me your thoughts on that? Cause that's something that I personally experienced. Okay. So I can relate. Um, when I went through the training um, department that we had, our program, it was expected that out of the three people, I was going to go into lending, um, and then the other two people were going to go into credit. And because it was 2008, 2007, 2008, things were changing, oh, yes. the downturn, um, they did not need me as a lender at that point. So I was put into credit. And I'm very thankful for the three years that I had because it, I feel like all lenders need that credit background. You need that knowledge to do your job well. But um, at the time, it wasn't what I was looking for. So I, I hung in there and I, I just accepted, I tried to absorb everything and act as a sponge and learn as much as I could. But towards the end, I was to my, the point where I was trying to decide, do I pivot and, and take a lesser role? Um, it's not what I want to do. I did not go through this training to take a lesser role. However, I'm not passionate about this right now. And I really think it was all in God's timing. Um, I prayed about it, and literally within the week, an opportunity opened up for um, a lender position. So I would say if you ever feel that you're stuck, um, you're just, you know, at a plateau, you're not really moving forward, I would say take a minute to recharge and just really evaluate what is most important in your life. Um, you never want to lose the years and the experience that you've had and you've worked so hard for. If there's a way to push forward, um, I would say do that. I would also look outside of your normal um, friends and contacts. See who else you can network with. You never know who knows someone else that may be able to boost you to that ne next level. Um, so I would never say accept defeat. I would never say take a step back. I would always recommend pushing forward, um, but you also have to know what's right for you, what feels right. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. If you're in a public facing role and you interface with the community on a really high uh, speed level and you have to reinvent yourself, how does that metamorphosis take place when you are person A one day and then maybe you show up as person B the next? Well, I would say you're always person A because that's who you are. I think person A is always going to come out in your personality. Um, just because you may change roles doesn't change who you are as a person. It just might be what you are changing day to day. So I don't really think you're become, going from A to B. I think you're just, you're taking that person A and you're developing, you're growing, you're learning more. So I don't think you're ever totally changing roles. I think you're just changing how you do things. Mm, adapting. Yeah, exactly. Ah, 
Thank you for entertaining that. I learned I learned so much. Um, share with me somebody who you encountered that really kind of made you open your eyes and view things differently. So I am going to go with um, I'm going to go with Maureen Cornoa with Home of Hope <laughs> yes. at Gwinnett Children's Shelter. So um, I am on the board with mm-hmm. uh, Home of Hope. And I am actually the vice chairwoman for um, the the board uh, for next year. And the uh, the thing I when I met Maureen, I was so amazed at her passion for what she does. Um, she I don't know. I think she has more hours in the day than I do. She I has really, so much energy. All I'm, the time. I'm just like where, I mean, every time I see her on LinkedIn, her post on Facebook, see her out and about. I'm like Maureen. Have you gone home yet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you sleep? My mm-hmm. my husband's mom passed away in April, and Maureen was at the funeral, oh. and um, she was at the visitation. And one of my customers, um, I financed a beautiful hotel in uh, Covington, Georgia, and she shows up for me for the groundbreaking. Oh. She is everywhere, mm-hmm. and I have never seen someone with such a heart that can just go out and be everywhere and help people and love what she, you have to love what you do to be able to really talk about it to people. And she loves what she does. So um, I think meeting her really showed me the importance of um, community service. Community service has always been extremely important to me um, in Gwinnett because it's where I work and also in Walton because it's where I live. But um, seeing what she does and the impact she makes daily in the lives of people that has motivated me to want to get out and do that more. She does. Shout out to Maureen and the Home of Hope. Thank you for bringing that up because I was going to touch on um, the various boards that you're a part of and philanthropy, not only personally, but through your organization. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, you participate um, on the board for the Home of Hope and Mm -hmm. congratulations as the incoming vice chair. Thank you. Talk about some of the other boards that you participate on. I see here the Gwinnett Tech Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, Gwinnett Medical Center Foundation. Talk about the enrichment that you receive from participating in all of these nonprofits. I would love to. So Gwinnett Tech Foundation, I'm on the board of trustees. And um, when I met with Chuck uh, McKinnon, and he was, I guess, sort of interviewing me to see if I would be a fit for the board, I was so impressed. I didn't know a lot about Gwinnett Tech Mm -hmm. um, because I went to a four-year school. So I had not been, you know, really involved with a technical college before. And my, both of my daughters had just graduated. I had uh, my oldest graduated college in 2020. My youngest graduated from high school in 2020. Wow. So my oldest, um, she had, she had a tough time because she went into sports management. That was her degree. But due to the pandemic, mm. everything shut down in that industry for, mm. for a while. And um, luckily, she had an amazing mentor and department head that helped her. But not everybody had that in a four-year school. You know, you're one of many. Well, I've learned at Gwinnett Tech, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, and I should. I want to say it's like 98%. It is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The students, that when they graduate, the percentage that already has a job in their field of study, it's like close to 98%. And wow. I was so impressed because um, the classes are smaller there. 
and they have one-on-one with their advisors and with their educators, and they really hold their hands and help to get them jobs in Gwinnett County. Amazing. Um, I just attended their graduation in May uh, right next door, and um, they, right behind us, were the nursing students. Mm -hmm. And almost all of them already had jobs with Northside Gwinnett or Northside Duluth. Mm -hmm. So what's so great about um, Gwinnett Tech is that we can pour into them, we can teach the community why it's important to donate to you know, any of our educational, um, our schools. But the thing about Gwinnett Tech is we really focus on getting these students trained, getting them um, where they, they, yeah, get, they've gotten their degree and keeping them in Gwinnett yes. so they can use their resource, use the resources here and we can all benefit from that. Right. So uh, they're amazing. And you know, not everybody's a four-year college. We need these trades. Yes. I mean, you know, I joke and say, um, okay, I may not go get my nails done if I'm short on money, but I'm going to go and pay my, you know, HVAC or yeah, my, my plumber. Or, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, very important. I agree with you 100%. I heard a gentleman speak not too long ago, and he was emphasizing the importance of reframing our language. So whenever you hear of, oh, my daughter's graduating, the very first thing that people just naturally ask is, oh my gosh, where's she going to college? Yes. That might not be A, affordable for the family, right? B, what she envisions, but it's just so natural for us to say that, which leaves them thinking that that has to be the next step. And there's so many other in-betweens. And it should not be uncomfortable or a bad thing for the parent to turn and say, you know what? She's decided a technical school is what she's looking at. And this is the industry that she wants to go into. No shame. It's wonderful. They're going to graduate. They're going to get a job. They're going to be successful. Absolutely. Workforce development is very important. So thank you for all your efforts to to help keep those youngsters um, placed. For those of you just joining us, I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Today we have Jennifer Bridwell in studio, and she is the Gwinnett Market President for Georgia Banking Company. And we're going to take a short break, Jennifer, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Steve Harvey. Oh, wow. (laughs) NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing, or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. 
All right, and welcome back, friends, to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Amanda Pierce Marmalejo here, here with Jennifer Bridwell. And before the break, we were talking about um, a variety of things, and we're going to take a turn here, and we are going to talk about some fun stuff. So before the show, Jennifer was sharing with me a interesting story about her family being on Family Feud. Now, I know there isn't a listener out there that is unfamiliar with the show, but in case you are, Steve Harvey is the host, the man with the uh, unmistakable mustache, and I will let Jennifer tell you about that family feuding experience. <laughs> well, luckily, there was no family feuding, but there possibly could have been. <laughs> so um, it was 2020, and I saw an ad maybe on Facebook or on TV, a commercial that said, hey, we're coming back to Atlanta and we're going to start taking applications. And I did not think this through. I just went online. I was multitasking, didn't even pay attention, just da-da-da-da, you know, filled out the application and hit send. And about two or three days later, and I didn't tell many people I did that. Um, and someone called and said, you know, he was so-and-so from Family Feud. And I really thought it was someone playing a joke on me. <laughs> I did not believe him for a second. And then I started realizing, okay, this might be real. So one thing led to another, and um, we had decided who was going to be on the team. Um, it was going to be my mom, my oldest daughter, my brother, and my sister-in-law. Wait, your husband? He was outed? Oh, <laughs> look, we were team Bridwell. He said, no, no, no. Why do we have to have my name? I said, because I have your name. Uh-huh. He So he said no, and my dad said no. My dad said they would have to bleep out every other word he said. So I'm like, okay, you're out. Um, so we went through maybe five or six preliminary um, interviews, Zoom calls. It's a pretty intense um, application process. Somehow we got the call that they wanted to go ahead, bring us in studio so what I learned is because you actually go and you're in studio, doesn't mean you're on the show. Um, there was maybe eight to ten families. They film four uh, shows a day. And when, when you get there, you have to come prepared as if you are going to be on the show. Mm -hmm. You have to come with several different outfit changes if it, something doesn't look good under the lights. Mm -hmm. But what you do is you go up there and have a mock, um, a mock show with the other families that mm -hmm. are there. They see how you sound. They see if you speak clearly, loud enough. They see how you look under the lights. Then that is how they determine who is going to go on the show. And it really all depends on who has won, how many families do they have a need for. So you may go through all this and never get never, selected. Yeah. Um, but it is a 12 to 14-hour day. So we got the, the, the head nod from the director about 10 minutes before we were to go on. We were going to be the last show of the day. We really thought we were not being selected at that point. So uh, we get on air, and let me tell you, my biggest fear was there's going to be a question that's going to have a really dirty answer, <laughs> and I don't want to say it because I don't want to embarrass my place of business but I don't not want to say it because don't I don't want to get the answer wrong. But then again, I don't want it to be a dirty answer. And I say the dirty answer. So in my mind, I am just overthinking the entire day. Um, but unfortunately, we were losers. 
look, we were winners because we made it that far, but we did not win the game. But I would not trade the experience or anything. Um, You have to wait 10 years to go back on the show to apply. But you better believe in 10 years, we're reapplying. We are redeeming ourselves. <laughs> Team Bridwell awesome. is going to come out on top for sure. Maybe your husband will join you this time. You know, he and my dad better because they keep telling us if they had been on the show, we would have won. won. Oh, of course. So, oh, yes. They were they, will, in, they, the, will be were on they in the audience? Did no, they get to? <gasps> uh, it, was, it was the first week that they started filming after COVID. So it was mm. very strict. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even a regular studio audience. The other families were basically we acted as the studio audience oh wow so it was very different we had to wear a mask in between commercials it was just not I'm like hey guys I'm on tv I need my makeup to look Uh okay yeah we don't need to pick these masks yes right what would you say if you were to take anything away from that experience um the biggest takeaway was the biggest takeaway um for me let me think about this so Steve Harvey's amazing. You only see the funny parts of him mm-hmm. um, that you see on the show. But for all the commercial breaks, he would come and, and stand on the end of the stage and talk to the audience. And he would share all of these life lessons, whether it be about politics, whether it be about when he was homeless and slept in his car right before he got his big break. Um, he would talk about his family. But um, he is he's very well-rounded and um, he, he just shared so much about himself. So that to me was so interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, you see the funny guy on TV, right. but he had some really, um, strong and emotional stories as well. So mm. just meeting him was great. Yeah, I know. I, I have a larger than life image of him in my mind. So it's nice to hear yes. that he, you know, is a person too. Yes, he is. That brings up a good point, Jennifer. Um, maybe just personally, you know, as a mother of two girls, um, or you yourself, what, do you recommend or what have you, uh, what tools do you have in your box to kind of um, break down the barriers and allow yourself to become vulnerable in front of the right people in order to grow? Well, I think you always have to be transparent um, and be vulnerable. If you're not, if you appear to always have it all or have all the right answers, um, you're never going to learn and grow. Um, I am known as the person that asks the questions. I would rather someone know if, you know, I need a little more clarification on something. It's how you learn. So although everybody wants to always appear confident and like you are on top, um, I would say it's okay to open up. And if you have questions, if you don't understand something, make that known. Um, I tell my girls the same thing and always have growing up. You, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. You've always heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, you have nothing to learn. So you always want to um, be around people who you aspire to be mm-hmm. um, and just soak it all in. Learn, listen to them. Try to, this is hard for me. I'm a talker. Everybody knows it. But try to also listen because it's just so important. And, um, you know, some some professional lessons, life lessons, a lot of times people uh, gain those when there is when mistakes are made. So, you know, learn from those. And I think just talking to other people, it's how you how you if, when you know more, when you know more, you can do more mm-hmm. and, and do better. 
Talk about finding your tribe. Now I see you hanging around some cool ladies. <laughs> and we'll give Wanda a shout out because I know you guys are, I don't know, real life besties, but definitely work besties. Talk about the importance as a professional woman and surrounding yourself with other professional women that lift you up and the positivity and constructive criticism that helps us all kind of ultimately reach the next level. It is so important. Um, so I have the best tribe. I have the best personal tribe. And I have the best professional tribe. Um, and what's so great is they could all interact together. Um, at work, I am extremely close with Wanda Weger. She's on my team, um, as well as Brittany Vickery. She's another lender on the community banking team with me. Um, we have some amazing women that work for the bank. And it's always great to have people with like minds um, to join you, whether we're going to Gwinnett chamber functions or just other things in Gwinnett. Um, always something to talk about. And when we go on calls together, it's never rehearsed. It doesn't feel like work. You sort of, you know, lead off of each other and, and one person talks and then it ebbs and flows and, and then the other person talks and it never feels um, forced and it doesn't feel like even work because mm -hmm. it's almost like friends having conversations. Right. And that's the great thing um, when we go and reach out with prospects and talk with customers. They actually, when I mentioned cultivating relationships, we actually form real personal relationships with our customers. Mm -hmm. So it's not always about banking. It's mm -hmm. about, hey, how's your mom doing? Or how's your daughter doing? It's, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, on the flip side, I have got the most um, amazing personal tribe as well. Um, I've got some amazing best friends and... Um, we all met through having children the, the same ages and our kids growing up. And now that our kids are grown, we are still right there with each other and cannot imagine, you know, doing life <laughs> without each other. So women having female role models, friends, mentors, it's so important. The, I would say the most important thing, though, is having friends who clap for you who support you, who shout out for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't, ha if you feel that someone's not excited for you, they're not the right person. Everybody needs to be in your corner. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Talking about development personally and professionally, what do you do to stay sharp? I'm sure within your industry, you have to do things like continuing education, but what do you personally like to do to kind of expand your mind or just continue to grow um, and become self-aware? So I do a lot of reading. Um, I try to stay up to date on all of the banking um, going goings on in the market. Um, I want to know what my peers are doing, you know, what the competitors are doing. So um, I stay very active on LinkedIn. I want to see, you know, and, and read articles of kind of what's going on out there, what's going on in Gwinnett. Gwinnett Chamber helps me with that as well. Um, I also think in terms of personal development, my board um, of, of my positions on the different boards here in Gwinnett, those have helped me. I've met so many incredible people. I've learned so much about the Gwinnett community. And whether it's education, whether it's medical with the Hospital Foundation, um, whether it's Home of Hope, there's always somewhere that I can learn something, but I can always give back. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that community service is another, another way that I really try to, to grow and, and develop. I think that kind of feeds directly into what you, 
you do for a living. Yeah. You were talking about the culture and developing of relationships and making a positive impact. And you exude that not only professionally, but also personally. Jennifer, I've had so much fun talking with you and I could talk with you for hours. So maybe we'll have to have wine sometime. I think so. <laughs> I wanted to give you uh, the, the final thought or, or something that you'd like to share with our audience before we depart. Okay. Something that I always shared with my girls every morning, I would drop them off for school and they've heard this so many times um, that they actually have started saying it to people as, as well. Give someone a kind word. If you see someone and they uh, don't have a smile, give them yours. Aww. If you see somebody that it could be something as small as you like their outfit or their hair looks great or you saw them hold a door open for someone, compliment them and tell them because it may be the only kind word they receive that day. Mm -hmm. You never know what someone is dealing with behind the scenes. People can put on that happy face, but you just never know when someone is struggling and your one smile or your one kind word may change their life. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. I try to live my life like that and I try to instill that in my daughters. That's sweet. I love that. Say something nice and be genuine too. Be genuine. Because people can tell when you're, oh, your one, hair, hair looks so cute. 100%. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yes, if you say it, mean it. Mm -hmm. Hey, if anybody enjoyed our conversation, they want to connect with you, are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. All right. You can find Jennifer on LinkedIn. And also, I'd love to connect with you guys. Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H, and I'll spell the home digger for you, Marmalejo, M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. You guys know we're live every Friday at 1130 here on Business Radio X. And if you care to listen to all of our archived episodes and enjoy the valuable things that we've learned from ladies previous to Jennifer's interview, including Jennifer's interview, they're all available wherever you get your podcasts. Where do you listen to your podcasts, Jennifer? Usually through Apple. Apple iTunes, mm -hmm. me too, yep. or Spotify. Um, remember, you guys can find these interviews on businessradiox.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, for our guest, Jennifer Bridwell, and our awesome producer, Dan. We'll see you next time. Thank you.